Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is episode 95 with Bhavani Isapati. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxas. Welcome, everybody. Today I have with me Bhavani Isopati, and she's calling me from England, but she's got an Indian background. Now, today we're going to talk about her ba- um, her journey through um, chronic illness and how she started her company, Chronically Driven. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tyre. Really great to be here. Well, the pleasure's all mine. You know, when a mutual friend introduced us, I was, I was intrigued. By your background, but I was also intrigued by how you turned um, what you know most people would term as a uh, um, weakness, illness, into something really positive. So why don't you give the audience a background uh, and more insight into how your journey started? Yeah, well, um, I'm originally from India, and uh, I've been in the UK for about five years now. So hmm. um, I think. In terms of uh, my background, I've, I've had quite an unusual upbringing as well as uh, I've always had some health concern or another. And I have about uh, three uh, conditions which are incurable and chronic. And, um, I, and you know, having lived with them and with my most recent one, which I was diagnosed with, Crohn's disease about three years ago, which uh, completely transformed how I, you know, how my everyday life would be. And I realized that uh, there were lots of support groups, there are lots of patient groups and so on, but most of them um, highlighted how terrible and awful it is to live with these conditions, and which I completely understand. But I believe there's a need to spread awareness while looking at ways you can transform the uh, transform your condition rather than 
tell people how terrible it is and bring them down with you. Yeah, no, that I love. I love the fact that you decided to focus on the positive because it's it's something I that I, I love seeing. Because you know, when I initially started the podcast, it was about third culture kids <laughs> and nomads, and you know, a lot of the the rhetoric out there was about the identity loss and the negative aspect. So, you know, like you wanted to focus yeah. on what happens when you embrace that global identity, and you're focusing on mm-hmm. on the on the good and and the actual um, um, importance that you have. And to that effect, you have. A website where you feature stories from other chronically um, ill um, men and women, right? Or males and females. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, uh, Chronically Driven started as a uh, a place where people can share their real stories uh, on uh, on ways uh, their condition has transformed their life for the better. So, to give you an example, it could be you know someone with MS or Crohn's disease or lupus, Lyme disease, what have you, and, and you know, often with these conditions, they're chronic and they're incurable, which means that, uh, well, except Lyme disease, uh, uh, which means that you're kind of stuck with them and you realize that, you know, your energy level drops, you can't work a nine-to-five job and there's so many different elements to it, which aren't, which isn't the medical, uh, professionals priority concern because for them it's about keeping you alive and making sure you're well but you know not uh, the idea of chronic fatigue and chronic pain kind of uh, gets uh, seeped into the background if you will so by sharing these stories and how they're using um, all the different things that comes with these uh, invisible conditions to their advantage we're able to show that that you can do extraordinary things. You just have to uh, think beyond the confines of what extraordinary is. So one of the taglines is to go beyond the extraordinary because to be extraordinary, you kind of need to fit into some spectrum of being normal. So, uh, yeah, we can get into it a bit more so I can explain further. No, please do. Because, I mean, what I like to say in the mission statement that we all live by here with UID Mm -hmm. is use your difference to make a difference. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we also don't believe. Yeah, yeah in that normal. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just gonna <clears throat> point out because people often ask, "Oh, so you know, well, what can I do? I'm I'm constantly tired. I, my days are quite unpredictable, and uh, uh, you know, blah blah blah." But uh, to me, I, I, I should probably explain uh, what I have. I, I've got. Um, I just have one lung. Uh, I'm, I've been terribly asthmatic, and I have to get it removed when I was about 16 Mm -hmm. so uh, because of that I can't uh, really walk too much even climbing a flight of stairs I need to like rest for half an hour after I do that and I can't and you know the weather impacts me and so so many uh, different things as well as I've got an inflammatory condition which uh, really uh, makes my uh, makes my joints uh, inflame and freeze up, which means that I literally sometimes can't move when I get out of uh, when I get when I get up in the morning. And Crohn's disease, which I think is uh, which most people are familiar with, is an inflammatory uh, bowel disorder where uh, your uh, intestines get quite inflamed, and that has several other repercussions. So, which basically means I can't eat out like regular people because I have a highly restricted diet 
um, people actually kid that I have like a bodybuilder's diet because all I can eat is meat and rice. And <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, honestly, I once ate uh, accidentally ended up eating some peas and I had to rush to the hospital. Oh, so no. <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, with all of these things, you know, sometimes I need to like stay indoors, especially during the grey winter months and. People often go, oh, well, you know, that means you can't do anything. But that gives me the gift of time, if you will, that everyone is fighting for. Whereas I've got two hours even before I get out of bed. So I can read, I can write, I can do a lot of work from my Mac. And, you know, these are, it's just trying to get people to recognize the opportunities that they have, which yeah, let's wow. say a lot of my friends don't because they have to, you know, get up in the morning and be in be it. Being in an office for nine a.m. Wow, um, I, I'm just I'm blown away by what you're saying because you described a lot of the difficulties that you have, right? That you go on a <laughs> daily basis, whether it's it's you know walking downstairs, type of diet you eat, you know, just type of activities you can be involved in, and yet, yeah, you're you, you know you're saying those two hours it takes for you to wake up, you use those to write, you know, you're turning every single one of those to um disadvantage advantages, and to that effect. You also, you know, I mean, you describe yourself as a, uh, uh, you know, digital, you know, innovation consultant. So you, yeah. you, you have people that hire you uh, to come speak at events, conduct workshops, and your interest lies in social innovation, e-learning, social media, arts, tech startups. And you discover these passions when? Because I'm, I'm very curious because many people will, will say, will look at you and say, you have all these things. How do you even have the time to be a digital innovation <laughs> consultant, right? They'll say, well, wait, what? What are you doing? <laughs> or where do you find all these passions? So when did you discover that you had all these gifts and abilities? <laughs> oh, that makes me feel nice. Because uh, oh, hey, you are, you are awesome. You're awesome. <laughs> and you deserve to feel that way. And I, I will continue to make sure that you know that because it is so true. Uh, many people that are um, don't have what you have right now, right? And they come mm. up with all these excuses Right, that, that they can't do this, they can't do that, they can't do that, and and it, it, you, it's remarkable the, the the mindset they have, and you have an incredible ability to be able to turn your disadvantages into advantages and to just see beyond that. So, I you know I I'm blown away by that, and I really want you to you know to just you know talk about that because I think you need to be celebrated a lot more. Yeah, I will. Um uh, yeah, I can. I can be a real hard ass sometimes, when, <laughs> as, as, especially when uh, you know someone complains that, oh, I wasn't able to do this because I had a headache, and I go, okay, so what's <laughs> and you know, there's this because I've always had some issue or the other with my health. I've kind of found ways to navigate through them, and sometimes I'm not able to sympathize with people. Yeah. When they say, oh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I was having a rough day, and I go, um, okay, mm. I have no idea what you mean by that, but, but um, yeah, so, uh, so uh, do you want me to talk about, what, my childhood, or? Yeah, I want you to talk about childhood, and I also want you to discover the journey, to talk about the journey that led to you being a digital innovation consultant, because... Um, obviously, people hire you for your work. You do courses. You speak. You you run workshops, and yeah, I'm yeah. just curious as to when that happened in your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah. I work with uh, primarily museums and galleries, and with their digital teams, and try to come up with um, a digital 
projects. However, I call them digital experiments because much of my work involves uh, doing something without having a, an end agenda or an objective that you need to fulfill. So, right. which is always uh, the best way forwards, if you will, in the digital world, at least. Um, so, yeah, th this is, uh, I don't think we even mentioned this when we exchanged uh, emails and so on. Uh, I would probably say uh, the one thing that has allowed me to explore all of these different avenues is because I never went to school as a child. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, and also... I wasn't homeschooled either because that's the second question people ask. They go like, oh, so you were homeschooled? Like, no, I was essentially, I essentially did anything I wanted for the first 18 years of my life. Oh, wow. So wait, um, so how did so, you learn anything? Sorry? How did you learn anything? What did you, what, what was your form of education if you weren't homeschooled or go to, if you didn't go to school? Yeah, well, um, essentially, when I was uh, when I was a teenager, and I decided I didn't want to go to college because there, it sounds fun, it's nice. I, I kind of want to do it, and uh, I was given these books. Uh, this was uh, back in India, where you have to take these exams, which are like you know this national exams, which essentially say, "Oh, okay, you are just as smart as others to go to college." So uh, yeah, I was my dad. Gave, bought me this load of books and said, if you want to go to university, college, or anything else in higher education, you need to pass this exam. So there you go. And I had to study them by myself, <laughs> um, which was an interesting uh, experience because most people say, oh, you know, how, like exactly the question you asked, they go, oh, so how did you learn anything? How can you speak? Especially because English isn't, you know, a language uh, taught in, uh, in in India. We have our own languages and so on. But, um, but yeah, I, I think kids are often underestimated. I mean, there is no child who will literally only sit in his or her room doing nothing. I mean, of course, I learned to speak, read, write, le explore my interests because I was given ample time to do so and i figured out what i wanted to do with my life love it love it love it and then um so that happened and then yeah. obviously you moved to the, the, to england uh, you said five years ago but then as you started to get into all these social digital projects um i know i, I derailed you a little bit there because i got just, <laughs> no, I, that's okay. I got interested in your in your your um the education there but what <laughs> um yeah what happened well, how did where, where does passion come from? Yeah, um, I, I think I've always been interested in technology because I because I, I remember growing up in India when it, you know when smartphones came up or there were screens and laptops. I was always uh, curious to see how they worked and what what was the potential for these uh, systems for these technologies. And I remember coming up with like loads of ideas uh which which are like oh if we had this and this could do that and so on and at the time i was basically thinking of different app ideas except that didn't exist for me to even conceive of something like that looking back now mm. um so it, yeah so once i took those tests i 
went and uh, did an undergraduate and then I came to the UK to do my masters uh, which uh, you know which which does prove that not going to school or not being taught elementary education almost has no reflection about what you can go on to do um, and uh, well, yeah once I did my masters uh, which was in cultural studies and uh, I, 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 I kind of came back to uh, the idea of looking at technology in cultural spaces and cultural innovation and what uh, museums and art galleries can do with them and it was a hard graft because I basically had to tell everyone I want to do this and I have no idea how this project will unfold but that's part of the fun so um, yeah a, a lot of volunteering a lot of uh, you know, blogging a lot of uh, social media, which is why I'm quite. Uh, I speak a lot to artists who are starting out now on using social media and online platform because I don't think I would have been able to accelerate my career as as quickly as I have. Uh, if, you know, if it wasn't for all the different digital gifts that we have, because you can essentially connect with anyone and everyone and t talk about your interests you you don't even need anything for that everyone has a computer even if you don't you can go to a library and just tell people what you're interested in and the the right people your your community if you will will find you exactly and and that's something that i i, I talk about a lot and we both have that mutual passion for digital all things digital and culture but yeah. One thing that I want to ask you is, why did you feel like cultural, um, as cultural things, whether it's artists or you know museums and things, needed to embrace more digital platforms and more digital ways to express themselves? Did you find that they weren't doing that, and did you feel like they needed more of a voice, or did you find that you wanted to make the world more culturally aware about just kind of what was going on? Um. Yeah. I I think so because. Coming from uh, India, for most people uh, who don't, uh, if you're, you know, born and brought up in the Western world, be it uh, UK, Europe, or even America, you kind of, uh, with museums and galleries, you do have a long history of it, and the things that you understand as history of art is essentially the history of Western art or, you know, European art and stuff. Yeah. So on, and when I tried communicating that uh, when I was doing my masters, almost no one could conceive of it as a being constricted to a, a geographical space, and which is really odd to me because you can you can look at you can take a history of art from different countries, of course, but what happens in like you know African tribes or even in India where I'm from, where we didn't have this disciplined approach to art, but rather it was more of a community engagement. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. 
Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. In a collaborative process. Mm-hmm. And in order to truly push that message across, that's when I started uh, looking at uh, producing uh, digital projects and digital events because it was it was my way of getting people to see things from the... Uh, other perspective, which works both ways, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to uh, teach the Western world or history of art is elsewhere, but, but get in a dialogue to speak to each other. And um, I, I was quite lost because I, I do think growing up and being able to do anything that you wanted to learn, study, look into, it, it becomes even more challenging to say, oh, I'm going to work in the arts and I'm, or I'm going to do something in technology or so on. But, but uh, I, I think working within the crux of uh, arts and technology gives me that, um, that ability to be agile enough to explore curious things that aren't restricted to either of those domains. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're speaking my language because, you know, <laughs> I don't know if we, if I told you this, but I, I'm Nigerian, right? But I, I, I grew yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I grew up in, in several countries. And like you said, it was always I, the, that feeling of being lost and the identity w- was always something that I, you know, some, I initially struggled with. And then through mm-hmm. digital media, I was able to tell the story. And much like you did, you do with, um, you know, chronically driven with UID and getting people to share their stories and understanding that, hey, you know, it's not such a bad thing, right, to have to identify yeah, yeah. several cultures, but you can actually be the, someone that helps someone else understand what it's like to communicate across cultures. And once I started to see it that way, it, it became a lot easier, which is one of the reasons I was really ex- excited with how you, you focus on something that many people see as a disadvantage and turned out to positive. Now, my thing with culture is saying is that, you know, I think if more people understood how to communicate across cultures, I think it makes such a huge impact across all fe- all spheres, whether it's political, social, cultural, you know, economic, because then you get to be able to see, you're able to see things from their perspective and they're able to see things from your perspective. But it's it's creating the platforms that allow people to, to obtain these lenses uh, or, or, you know, or things that I'm passionate about. So when you were talking about museum and culture, I was like, yes, that's exactly what I wanted to, exactly what I'm talking about, because I don't feel like people do that enough, and I, I feel like we have, we live in such a digital age, and we don't take fully, uh, full advantage of that, uh, there's so much more that, that we still need to discover, and there's so much more that, that hasn't even been brought to light, but I feel like, um, you know, the kind of work you're doing is, you know, taking us in that right, that right kind of path, that journey right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, Chronically driven. What is your goal with that? And I know you, you you're doing a lot of interviews today. Um, so what what is the vision? What's the end goal? And what what are your plans for that? Oh um, yeah. Well, as uh, most things, there is no end goal because uh, to me that um, th- this is something I've always had, and it has been part of the one constant thing in my identity, which is you know the girl with 
some health problem or another. So, so to me, chronically driven is almost like my life's work that I hope will continue. Mm. Uh, you know, for as long as there is a need for it. Um, and uh, the right, right now, we're sharing, uh, we share stories, and then we also have uh, a community, a Facebook community that encourages and supports people in their everydayness because that's really the key you know even I, even I have um, I have horrible days time and again and I think it's important to recognize that everyone has this and you don't need to let that create a ripple effect and ruin all, all the rest of your week or the month or so on so um, so right, right I've been offered a couple of fellowships to work on chronically driven so we're we're looking at ways to actually engage this uh, engage the larger public and also look into uh, how we can uh, use these stories and spread not just awareness but also help people around the world understand uh, what uh, this category of invisible conditions is and I've always been quite um, strategic in saying it's invisible conditions or uh, you know anything any, or incurable conditions but and you but use the word conditions because I think we all have we, we all have one condition or another you know? someone could be super tidy someone could be a slob and it, it's just part of being a human and it's much more easier to reflect on uh, your possibilities, your potential, when you see it as just the condition that you're in, rather than as an illness or a disease, you know. Mhm, mhm. So tell me what's so, up. Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you were gonna ask something. Uh yeah, I was just gonna ask you. You tell me what type of organizations you want to partner with. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I was really uh, excited when the Huffington Post asked me to write for them. So that's something uh, it started. As well as um, I've got, I've received an RSA and Nia Now Fellowship, which are based in the UK. Well, the RSA is the Royal Society for Arts, so I think they're based uh, uh, everywhere, but uh, the main presence in, is in London. Mm. And uh, a Nia Now Fellowship, where they work with, uh, in, in including technology in everyday life to create social impact. So. Um, with these opportunities, uh, I'm excited to bring in, you know, uh, r real developers and coders and see what we can come up with that can actually, uh, that can create uh, measurable as well as uh, impactful uh, social change. Because you, most people don't uh, know this about me. They just presume that I'm a coder or a developer and so on. Because... There's so many things I do with technology, so um, so that that's something I'm really excited for. Well, I'm first of all, I just want to congratulate you on that success and uh, obtaining the oh, thank you. attention for that. I think it's uh, I think it's well deserved, um, and, and and that's good. It's good. So you, as as this is your life's mission, so there is no end for this, obviously. But as you're building this community, what what has been the most rewarding thing for you with the community you've built? Oh yeah. Um, I think the rewarding thing it's it, it's something I do have to um, reiterate and I mention it uh, almost every chance that I can to the uh, community it's it's as much as people say oh this is amazing work you're doing 
uh, all this for other people. I do think uh, at the heart of it, it is a very, very selfish project, and and I make no claims to, yeah, you know, hide that because th there are so many times where I, <coughs> excuse me, where I get um, where, where I get uh, where I'm really exhausted and tired or think, oh, okay, I'm just like going to stop it all because this is too much for me, and then. Uh, then someone out of the blue emails me or someone posts something on our group and I go, okay, I, I need to actually live the life that I'm I'm telling people they should in a way I'm in, you know, very, very, in a very real way eating my own words. Mm -hmm. So um, that, that's what keeps me going. And the most rewarding things are when people out of the blues send me something that I don't even expect, uh, don't even... Uh, think of what's possible. Like someone uh, emailed me the other day about uh, having uh, like stopped smoking since I started the project, and which was really for me because I didn't even know this person was smoking or had a smoking issue, and they've got several lung problems because of it. But they weren't able to give up smoking, and he said, "Well, because I read these stories and I see what you write and speak and say." And it's really kept me motivated to keep, keep me off the off, off the smoking for like over a year now. And I was like, wow. And and, and, and that's really the uh, surprising, uh, rewarding things that you can expect. Because you have no idea what how much change you're creating in this process. I mean, I'm sure there are lo lots of other people who haven't come out, who haven't like voiced their thoughts out to me who it is impacting every day and it's that thought that you know keeps me motivated and feel great uh, well that that's good that's so good to hear and it is so true because you never know the impact you're making because you, you by you just telling your story i know you feel like it's selfish um yeah it's so it's a way to give other people confidence to share their story because people are looking at you and they're thinking wow um if she can i can do this and i should do this and 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 that's and that's yeah many times we don't realize the the effect of what we're having right now we're, we're doing a podcast over over skype and it's going to go to over you know 110 countries but I, <laughs> I every time i think about that i'm like i'm just doing this in my room i'm like doesn't make any sense but you never know and someone's going to listen to your story and think wow i need to do this oh i didn't know that there was a community for me i want to share my story and that's that's an incredible thing um even though it it, it seems selfish to you i, I think it's it's one of the things that it's. Um, it, I'm always like you. I'm always amazed, but you never know the effect. You you could get another email after someone listens to this podcast and be like, "What? That happened because of that?" <laughs> but that 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 that's interesting. That's interesting. I like that you shared that. Um, staying with that, well, not staying with that. I, 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 you mentioned earlier with your cultural background, being uh, Indian, and you moved to the state, uh, not the states. You moved to uh, England. The UK. Yeah, the UK. I, I'm very curious as to how people perceive you. One of the first things I, I, when people look at me, they, they think I'm African-American. But then sometimes <laughs> when I tell them I'm Nigerian, I get the oddest questions. Right? Isn't that the same thing? <laughs> yeah, I get the oddest questions. I get asked so many weird things. Or, or, or sometimes I actually get questioned do you know to like prove my legitimacy <laughs> of where I'm from? <laughs> so I'm just curious. You know, I think we, I know I know um, 
lots of places in England, especially London, is very you know very immigrant. Uh, you know, populated. Yeah, I, I know there are a lot of Nigerians there for sure. There are a lot of Jamaicans, yeah, a lot of yeah. all that. But I'm I'm still curious though if you still get the occasional, um, I wouldn't say ignorant question, even though it probably is ignorant. But I'm just curious. It, <laughs> yeah. It, well, it it happens several times a week. Oh, okay. So, not just occasional. Um, I think um, what what one of the most common ones is. Uh, Oh, so um, how do you how do you speak English so well? And uh, okay, yes, yes, <laughs> that, that was highly inappropriate. Yes, but, uh, fine. Uh, th- that's been like repeated so often. I I can't even keep count anymore. Um, the uh, the other question that uh, I often get is, oh, uh, so okay, so you're born and raised here, and I'm like, no, well, I'm from India, and they go, oh, okay. But you don't sound Indian, and like, do uh, you mean the stereotypical accent of, yes. from a poo from The Simpsons? What are you referring to? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. It's you know, it's it's funny when people ask you, like, people say you don't speak Nigerian. I'm like, hold on, that <laughs> Nigerian is what I am. Yeah, but that's not an actual language because there are several languages in Nigeria, yeah, and yeah, and the official language is English, which is you know. <laughs> Which is interesting, probably, but there are like so many different tribal languages. So, no, I do not speak Nigerian. Um, I've actually never heard of a Nigerian, uh, a language referred to as Nigerian. So, I, you know, that's why I speak English. Uh, that's yeah. what I say. <laughs> and, yeah, and I, and I still get uh, people who go, oh, well, you learned to speak English very well in the past five years. And, like, no, my first degree was in English literature, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love it I love it and it, it's so true because I, I I had to ask because I was curious because um, occasionally you know the guests on the show they they you know they are you know multicultural and they're always like ah, this is what happened this is what happened but it's something to do but <laughs> as we wrap up I, want, I have two questions one is wh- where can we find you and the second is how do you use your difference to make a difference. Oh, go and answer the first one because that's <laughs> easier. But, uh, yeah, well, um, you can uh, go to my website, which is bhaesa.com, and and uh, if uh, you'll also find chronically driven within um, it, uh, or if anyone wants to talk to me, I love talking to new people on Twitter. It's the same bhaesa, so mm-hmm. I'm there on Twitter. So. If anyone's wondering uh, what that means, that's the first three letters of my first name and last name. So, uh, yeah, that's why it's weird. Um, how, how do I use uh, your difference, use to, difference make to make it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think I was struggling to find myself until I uh, realized, you know, being uh, not so uh, healthy, having all these different conditions, not being able to uh, do a nine-to-five role, all of those are often viewed as, uh, uh, you know, incompetencies, if you will, or inadequacies. So um, so I figured, oh, what can I do about it? So so, so to me, it was to take all of those things and then produce something chronically driven or constantly work with really big... uh, museums and galleries. I mean, I've worked with 
I've spoken at the British Museum, worked with uh, the VNA and British Council and so on. So it's to be able to show people that I can do these things because I can't do what others can. Mm. And, um, and, and that's really what I try to push for uh, every single time because I still get asked by people, go, oh, so how do you do all of these things? You, you, you're always working on far too many things. And that's because, well, that's because I can't be normal. So I try to be something that's beyond it. Wow. I try to be, I can't be normal, but I try to, so I try to be something that's beyond it. That's, yeah. that is, that is, wow. Man, you should coin that phrase, by the way. I can't, <laughs> that is ridiculously inspiring. I can't be normal, so I try to be beyond it. So, I mean, I, that, that answers my question, definitely. That, that takes my use your difference to make a difference and uh, goes beyond it, like you just said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. No. So thank you for saying that. And I, I think, if anything that we've I've learned, and I think a lot of people, our listeners, learning would learn when they listen to this, is that you have more power than you think you do, right? There, there, mm-hmm. there, and there's infinite. There's an infinite amount of things that you can do if you allow yourself to believe that you have that power. And uh, it's just a matter. Of, it's a mindset shift, and it's putting in the work, and it's building relationships, and using. I mean, you talk about building relationships across digital platforms. You've opened yourself yeah. to meeting new people by sharing your contact information. You you are a bridge uh, to, to between many organizations and other cultures by also, you know, by connecting people and having people share their stories, but also telling people, uh, like, you know, the Huffington Post that, you know, there is a platform out there for that. And at the same time, mm-hmm. you do a lot of digital stuff because, you know, you have other passions, right? And you're like, hey, this is probably a better way for you to brand yourself in a digital place and a better way to tell your story so i think it's you just living your life your life's mission is inspiration enough um and i want to thank you for coming out to share that it's been truly no thank you very much for um you know letting me be part of your uh, audience and speak to them and i hope they i hope they feel inspired to do something amazing today i have no doubt You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.